Welcome back to wherever you may be, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. It has been a while. We do have valid reasons. Chris has been very <laughs> ill over the last few weeks. And as everyone's seen, I've been mad busy with work, traveling around the Midlands and to Norwich and stuff like that. But we are back and we've got a lot to discuss. So we're going to get straight into it. Chris, how are you feeling, first of all? Good. Yeah, much better. Thanks. Yeah. How about you? Not too tired. Yeah, I mean, I needed that sleep last night after <laughs> that trip back from Norwich. Um, it's a lovely place, but the journey is absolutely horrendous. But we've had so many manager sackings in the Premier League. Um, November international break is brutal, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Managers to go. Everyone's just looking for the time, um, the time to to bring someone in, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, right, let's look back at our most recent game then. And Chris, can you try, try and tell me how on earth Chelsea didn't win that game at least 4-0? Yeah, um, I can't remember a match like that, to be honest, where we have so thoroughly dominated another team and somehow not come away with the win. I think maybe um, under, Con- uh, under Conte. God, that's a Freudian slip, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> under Tuchel, under Tuchel, we've like become used to to winning those games. I think, especially this season, we we seem to have become much more capable of grinding out those those wins. But um, I mean, to be honest, it, it didn't even feel like a grind against Burnley. Uh, that was, I, I was at the Norwich game as well, and that was such a similar performance. We just didn't score the goals. Um, so many chances from the very first second, especially in the second half. And I think for some reason took our foot off the gas at 1-0 when you can never really afford to do that in the Premier League, I think. Although having said that, even with 10 minutes to go, you still would have backed us to see it out. But um, yeah, to not get the job done was frustrating, yeah. It feels like that's like one of the first times we've seen like a moment of like elapsing concentration from those from the back three, um, especially under Thomas Tuchel. But in terms of like going forward, that felt like a, a Frank Lampard style team performance, didn't it? Like going back those two years when all we did was dominate and make like create so many chances in a game, yet not put them in the back of the net. What what was different? Like was that the only difference? Was that maybe the attacking players just couldn't weren't clinical enough? Yeah, I I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely the case that um, that uh, Ross Barkley and Kai Havertz in particular weren't clinical enough um, from a few key chances. Callum Hudson-Odoi, he could have scored twice. I thought um, he had the first chance of the game where his first shot was saved. The second, he really should have hit the target and he would have had kind of a, a three-quarters open goal, I think. Uh, and then the second half, he showed good footwork and then hit the keeper again. Um, and he, even from headed from set pieces, where we're obviously so often a threat, um, I think Christensen and Thiago Silva both miss headers, which players of their experience, you kind I mean, Christensen doesn't score a lot, but... Hitting the target, you have to at exactly. least hit the target in that position. Exactly. And Christensen's was a free header, I think, again, really early on. Um it, it, it was just a case that I think Chelsea maybe felt that because they missed those early chances, it, it would suffice to just go in uh, to take a 1-0. Yeah. But you can never kind of settle for that in the Premier League, as I said. I just, I tweeted this after the game and, and you know, a lot of people were like, no, it was just, you know, poor finishing. But to me, 
if Chelsea had Romelu Lukaku in that team, one against Norwich, but even two against Burnley, there's not a chance he misses the chances that both Kai Havertz and Ross Barkley missed. Would you agree with that? Because a lot of people didn't agree. A lot of people did agree, but a lot of people also didn't agree. I'm saying, you know, if we'd had Lukaku, the, the outcome might have been the same, but I just can't see that being true. Yeah, um, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, I think what we saw from Kai Havertz last season, I, I love Kai Havertz. I think he's hopefully destined to be a, a really top player for us. But his poor finishing is part of the reason that we've signed Lukaku in the first place. Mm. I think he's shown plenty of times, um, the amount of times we spoke about it last season, in one-on-one situations where he should have been putting his foot through the ball and he's kind of yeah. gone for some kind of weird, softer finish where the gives a goalkeeper a massive chance. Um, mm. And that's exactly it. If Lukaku's in those situations, he will put the ball in the back of that. Um, I think one of Havertz's good chances may be deflected over when he was in the centre of the box and it, it, it took a little deflection. But again, yeah. I think Lukaku in that situation probably uses his body better, gets the defender out of the way, manipulates the space and then gets his shot in when he's kind of opened up a, a lot more space for himself and therefore will hit the target. But that's that's not to say Lukaku won't miss chances, but there's no way that he misses some of the ones that we saw on Saturday. Yeah. and. I know everyone was a bit, I'd probably say confused when when we saw Ross Barkley's name on the starting lineup. Thomas Tuchel said, "Well, if you've watched training and and previous games, you like you would know he deserves a start." We obviously don't have that luxury; we can't watch them in training. Um, he did impress on the day, but his finishing's also and, and final ball's also got to be a lot better, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought he looked better than Havertz did as a false nine. I thought he he pose way more of a threat um he's quite like an imposing figure actually he's like pretty um dench for, for want of a better word uh uses mm-hmm. his body well and um is kind of a bit less lightweight than Havertz uh and he's got yeah he's just got great feet but um yeah as you say there was one chance in particular in the second half I think where he just smashed it over and you just think just he he, he he has rushes of blood to the head very often. Mm. And I think sometimes you just you want him to chill in front of goal, just relax a bit. Uh, and then... It's like, it's like him and Havertz are like opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Like, Ross yeah. Barkley, that's so like, yeah, like has... what? what did Chaotic. You Chaotic. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> and Kai Havertz, like the other end of the spectrum, just like so relaxed and just trying to like mm. pass it into the net. <laughs> need a mix of both where they just like decide to... Uh, exactly. They actually, I thought they linked up really well. There was a hmm. one one instance, in particularly when they were going down the left. Havertz just like they, I think, played a one-two. Havertz just sort of bombed on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, add finishing to Barkley's game. It's all. I think it's just always been the way, hasn't it? It was kind of a yeah. it kind of encapsulated Ross Barkley's career. Really yeah. exciting, really skillful, but then just something very key missing all at the same time. And that yeah. just detracts from his whole game, the fact that that isn't there, I think, which is a shame. Well, Tom, yeah, Thomas Tuchel's got a decision to make. Or do you think his mind has been, or his decision has been made easy now? Because you think that Timo Werner and Romelu Lukaku will probably be back after the international break. Mason Mount will be back after having, like, the surgery on his, <laughs> on his teeth. Um, weird injury. Um, but because Kai Havertz 
Callum Hudson Adoy. They've all played such a lot of football in the last few weeks because they've had to, because we haven't had any other players because Pulisic's been out. Do you mm. think Romelu Lukaku and Timo Werner come straight back in now, especially after that Burnley performance? It's a tough one. Uh, Lukaku is, without a doubt, he comes back in. Um, Werner should definitely be given a chance to. Uh, I've been impressed with Callum hudson Adoy. I think most people have been. He he frustrated a bit on, on Saturday, but it, it was a game that, again, again, could have gone either way. And he was fantastic against, um, against Norwich and pretty much helped us win the game with his um, intelligent play in the build-up to the goal against Malmo as well, that with mm-hmm. Hammers down that flank wouldn't we we just didn't look like scoring in that match so that was that was pretty crucial so I think he is suddenly way closer thanks to this little run to the first team than he has been um but obviously there's yeah, still work to do I think I imagine Tuka will back Werner over him Mount for me obviously he had that hat-trick against Norwich and then and then has been out but um still on his way to finding his best form it wasn't like the most difficult hat trick. Apart from the first goal, that was a great goal, to be fair. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's more good to see that um, we've got more players who've played their way into form. I don't think necessarily many people would have backed Callum hudson Odoi to actually do a job a few weeks ago, maybe. But now he is a, a viable option. But um, definitely Lukaku. And I thought um, Kai Havertz actually looked much better again off, off the left. Mm-hmm. And that was a great goal as well that he scored. Yeah. I think with hudson Adoy, everyone wanted to see him in that front three, didn't they? they mm. Whether it be on the left or the right, I know they see, like they swap, whoever's on the left and right swap quite often during games, but he's just a much better attacking midfielder or, attack, or winger than he is a wing-back. He's never been a wing-back. Mm. And it's such a different position to play that I think, yeah, we're finally starting to see, you know, maybe not the best of hudson Adoy, but him, he's actually influencing games, which is mm. nice to see. And um, that gets me on to other players that have impressed uh, in recent weeks. And one of them is 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 uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Um, I literally couldn't be happier for the man <laughs> and for myself. Um, so, um, he was absolutely brilliant against Malmo. There was comparisons. OK, I'm just saying I'm not comparis- comparing him to Yaya Torre. But I think that the comparisons that, that the BT Sport team made went after they watched him against Malmo was that same really physical, powerful, in that central midfield, he was absolutely dominant. Um, and I know it's only Malmo, you can't, you know, from what I've seen over the last two games, they, I don't know what level they come in at the Premier League, but it's definitely not Premier League or Championship, I don't think. Um, no disrespect. Also, funny story, <laughs> I, was, I was in work the day after the Malmo game, and Freddie Lundberg was in, and uh, we were like, chatting just by makeup because he was with someone I knew. And I was literally going in on how bad Malmo were, forgetting he's Swedish. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, my guy, the guy I was with was like, forgetting he's Swedish. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, no, I was just going in on how rubbish they are. Anyway, back to Eric Ruben off his cheek. Um, he has been brilliant. And the mental toughness of that man to come back after some poor loans. Um, get back into the squad, but now he's making himself. I was really surprised he didn't start on on Saturday yeah. against Burnley because I don't know, like a physical dominant midfielder was probably you want someone you wanted there. Even though Kante was absolutely brilliant, of course he was, and he's always going to up with Jorginho. Uh, what's impressed you the most about Ruben Loftus Cheek over the last few weeks? Yeah, just as you say, just 
showing that consistency, I think, that maybe the injury problems sort of took away in the past. But he said, didn't he, that he's, he feels that he's uh, his fittest ever playing his best football. Um, and I think that's there for all to see. Um, and as you say, yeah, the mental like fortitude that it takes to come back from all those setbacks. Um, it's one of the, the crazy thing about the squad at the moment, the amount of players who have come back from adversity, not looking like they'd be anywhere near the team, not even looking like they'd be at the club necessarily um, it, this season or in the first half of the season, at least. Um, uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek mainly, Ross Barkley, obviously, like managing, even though, yeah, frustrating on Saturday, but he's battled his way into the, the starting lineup, which is just insane, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, Love to Sheik, he gets compared to a lot of players, doesn't he? Uh, he used to be Michael Ballack. Um, but I, I don't think, I mean, Chelsea definitely don't have a player like him. And I think generally players like that are a dying breed, a proper box-to-box midfielder uh, with that ability to carry the ball. And against Malmo, I think he's another player who... Um, end product has always been an issue with but against Malmo I think we actually finally saw some end products I think he had mm-hmm. two should have been assists for Havertz um who again yeah showed that kind of um ponderous finishing that we've been moaning about but um mm-hmm. he's he's just so good at using his body to his advantage um and I think he showed that in both instances but uh he will just shield the ball work out where the space is and then kind of go from there. Um, and he did it in kind of some of his best moments in that match. But um, I think he's sort of like knows his own game now and knows what he wants to do, has learned to use his body and has done that to such good effect in those matches that we've seen, I think. And Chris, question, do we have the best wing backs in world football right now? <laughs> um Definitely on the right, I think. And in terms of goal scoring on the left too, I don't think I've seen anything like it. But uh, yeah, I mean, Reese James of these last few weeks has been absolutely fantastic. I don't think, I mean, apart from at centre-back, I don't think I can remember a time where Cesar Azpilicueta has been further away from getting a start, um, which is such a rare thing. Uh, but yeah, both have been excellent and they've really come through at a time where Chelsea needed them because the goals weren't coming from anywhere else, that's for sure. Um, this, is, this is also the problem. When the, when the wing-backs don't score, what happens? We just don't score any goals. Or when mm. defenders, like, we, we, when we rely on our actual, you know, strikers or, or attacking midfielders to have those chances, we just don't seem to finish them. Yeah, and I think Burnley probably defended them both pretty well um, on Saturday, which I wasn't expecting to, honest. I was, I was actually... Yeah, expecting them to be a bit more involved than they were. Um, Reese James popped up in some good areas, but yeah, the part and the cross for Habits obviously was mm. fantastic. But uh, otherwise, yeah, he was pretty short on um, short on opportunities, uh, which we just haven't been used to seeing. But I'm not surprised that Burnley sort of have learnt lessons from Chelsea's last few Premier League games because obviously against um, Newcastle, Reese James' shooting ability is just ridiculous. Um, and I've, we've seen him play in midfield before, especially out on loan and score some absolute bangers. But um, you sort of forget. And to, to score the opener against Newcastle with your weaker foot straight into the top bins, that was 
that was uh, pretty impressive. And again, that felt like a game that we just weren't going to score in. Um, um, I, yeah. I've been really impressed with Rhys. I think I feel like Rhys James's whole whole like um, game has just gone up a whole another level this season. Um, he looks absolutely solid. No one looks like getting past him. And up the other end, he's been brilliant. And I think it's credit to Ben Chilwell as well because we all know how difficult his summer was and how difficult his start of the season was when Marcus Alonso was playing well and he couldn't get back into the side. He's got back into the side. And he has been absolutely solid as well. He's been brilliant going forward. So it's a, a credit to them both, absolutely. But do you think after the international break, the teams coming up are going to try and do what Burnley did and almost almost basically say, if you stop Chelsea's wing-backs, you stop Chelsea? Yeah, good, interesting point. Um, hopefully by then we'll be less reliant on them in the first place, but obviously we've got some tough games coming up, got um, teams who can play three at the back. I think Leicester quite often play three at the back, don't they? And then... Um, yeah. United have just started playing three at the back. Uh, not that I think they'll cause us any problems. But, um, and Juventus in the Champions League, I don't I think they do sometimes play three at the back. So I think uh, but it, it, that Burnley game goes to show because they literally play like straight up 4-4-2, don't they? That it doesn't necessarily depend on the formation. But um, everyone knows now that those two, whoever they may be, are a threat and will be a threat. But hopefully by the end of the international break we've got Lukaku back we've got Werner back so we have threats from other parts of the pitch Pulisic yeah exactly unless he gets crocked again with the USA because he's he's gone off with them again and they're playing like Mexico who that's such a big that's like a derby game but in international football so they're just going to be crunching in left right and centre but um, yeah they're hopefully by then there'll be other attacking threats to to Mm. distract but um it was interesting to see us kind of not lose that option, but see them uh, kind of defended against better. And obviously better sides will have even more ability to do that. No disrespect to Burnley. Yeah. Um, we have got tough fixtures coming up after the international break. Leicester, I, you know, we played against the FA Cup final last season and they, they beat us. We have struggled against them in recent years, especially at the King Power. Um it's a game where I sort of look at Leicester's form and go, I don't expect them to cut, you know, they, they haven't been in great form this season, but I still expect us, expect them to give us a game and to make it really difficult for us and to also be able to hurt us. But I'm looking at that Juventus game, um, which I'm, I don't know if I'll be able to watch because I'm in America. So I'm going to have to try and like midway through walking around touristy stuff. I'm going to have to just have it on my phone and try and see if I can watch it. But um, that game, I, we have to we have to win that basically we have to win that game if we want any chance of topping the group right but do you think where the champions league is at now do you really get that much of, a, of an advantage finishing top of the group because i don't know if you do anymore yeah um it didn't make too much of a difference where do we I can't remember where we finished last season we, finished we, we did we top topped it yeah lampard yeah. topped it didn't he yeah and then uh was it who was last 16? Was that Sevilla? No, they were in a group. Last 16. Yeah, they were in our group. Atletico, was it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it depends. There's there's weirdly, obviously, there's some groups that we can't face the teams from anyway, but the groups aren't very well balanced this season, if that makes sense. So you've yeah. you've got like Ajax, Dortmund, Sporting, and Basictas in one group, like 
I mean, yeah. obviously Ajax have been fantastic so far, but there's no outstanding team there in terms of mm-hmm. one of the very top European sides. Yeah. Same same with the group that has um, Salzburg, Lille, Wolfsburg and Sevilla. Like that group is... Like, I don't know how that's that's happened. The, the pots are clearly way off. So we find ourselves in a group with Juventus, who obviously didn't have a good yeah. year, but are usually a top side. Um, and your chances of facing one of those other teams, um, obviously, I don't think we can play anyone in Man United's group or Liverpool's group, which prob- or Man City's group, which probably does us a favour anyway. So yeah. our op- our options are probably fairly simple anyway but um it for me it just feels like a group we should be topping more just from a like pride perspective because Juventus have not been good uh last season or starting this season but they haven't been like it's really weird like they haven't been good in in the Serie A at all Mm. but they just seem to be when we faced them, to me, that looked like the Juventus that yeah yeah they were up that have been in the Champions League for years and the really good Juventus side that almost got to, I think they got to a semi-final, mm. didn't they, a few years ago? Yeah. They got, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it's like that, that to me felt like that team, and maybe they just upped their game in the, in the Champions League, who knows, they're going to have Morata back, they'll have, not Morata, um, no, Dybala back, Dybala's back. Yeah, yeah, he's back. Yeah, um, yeah, he's looking. So they'll have those players back for our game as well. Um, so is it a must-win? I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. I think, as you say, we will, if we don't win, I would say we're pretty much guaranteed to come, um, well, yeah, pretty Sorry. much guaranteed right. to come second. Two two games left. So That's the thing, but, but if we do lose, which I don't I don't think we will lose at home to Juventus, but if we do, that then gives Zenit, no, yeah, gives Zenit something to then play for, because if they beat Malmo... Yeah, you're right. Then it comes down to that final game mm. out, out in Russia. And, you know, we don't want to be going into that game because it's a tough place to go anyway. Anyone, True, yeah, any yeah. big team going away to Russia mm. is never an easy game, no matter no matter the level of an opponent you're playing. Mm. So, yeah, I, I don't want it to come down to that. So actually looking at it, you'd probably go, yeah, it is, it is a must-win game for Chelsea. Yeah, and I think we will win at home, but... Um... It's obviously a difficult little run we've got coming up after the international break that we need to hit. Tuchel needs to sort of manage the rotation of the the side, but he generally seems pretty astute at that. So, well, I mean, yeah, because like honestly, half the teams he puts out, I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> he like rotates all the time. Um, after that, Chris, we got Man United. Now, I actually saw Paul Scholes, former Man United midfielder, uh, say that he wasn't. You know, Man United are quite far away from Man City and Liverpool, but could beat teams like Chelsea. What did you make of that? Boom, they're clearly miles, they're miles off us, they're miles off all the top teams in the country. But, uh, I mean, I don't think it will be the case this season because they just look a complete mess. But Solskjaer has a knack of getting results against Chelsea. I think he's shown that since he's been there. Um I can't remember what the result was last time we played them this year because we would have played them this year under Tuka, wouldn't we? But um, let me have a look. Did we? When was the FA Cup semi-final? Who did we play in the FA Cup semi-final this year? Was that Man United? Yeah, uh, no, last year. 
So we beat them yeah. last year in the FA Cup semi-final. Oh, so that wasn't this year. Weird. I don't actually. I can't even remember. So February. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> so unsurprisingly, last two results have been nil-nil, which is another classic oh, of the classic yeah. United Chelsea result, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, no Paul Pogba as well for those games, but yeah. we do have a tough run coming up, and I think we've got Watford after that, and then we've got West Ham, which could be a top of the table clash by the time we play. Yeah, yeah, that's it is already now. If you if you're being honest, yeah, yeah, that is. Um... I mean, to be honest, yeah, apart from, whereas, yeah, I mean, that, that uh, playing there away concerns me more, actually, than our, ne- our next three. Um, and obviously that is yeah. factored into the very busy Christmas schedule as well, which sort of yeah. starts up after that. And then Chelsea have the Club World Cup to worry about in the new year at some point. But, um, yeah, that'll be, that'll be a big one. That'll be a big test West Ham away, for sure. Um, yeah hopefully by then we're in a good place. I mean, we're in a good place already, obviously, but um, yeah, you just feel going back to Saturday that that three points would have, would have put us in a, a good place. On a long way. But never mind. It's, uh, I think you can't look back and go, you know, if, buts that all the results happen, it will happen all the time up and down this season when, you know, we drop points, Man City drop points and the other teams can't capitalise. But yeah, mm. um, yeah, we've got a tough run and I think it's similar to the start of the season when we had that really tough run and we're like, we'll see where Chelsea are. And I think after that Burnley result, after these next four four games in the Premier League, I think we'll really get an idea of, of if whether... I think Chelsea are serious about a title challenge, but where all the teams are in the next four games, given the fixtures that other teams got, I think it's going to be really interesting. Krish, that is all we've got time for. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed talking Chelsea, we, we need to make this a more regular thing, don't we? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Will. A more regular thing, we will get back on it. Hopefully, there won't be any more managerial sackings. I won't be going around the country talking about them. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you could drop us a review, it would be very much appreciated. Subscribe if you haven't already, and if you've enjoyed what you heard, and we'll see you all next time after the international break here on wherever you may be.